I in the church, amen. But we thank God. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you, glad you pressed through whatever you pressed through. And see, can, can we just stop and thank God for our neighbor? Because you don't know what they had to press through. Hallelujah. You don't know what they had to push through. You don't know what they had to navigate through to get here. So can you just praise God for your neighbor? Boo, I'm proud of you. Bro, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you made it here today. And since you made it, Toya Parker, God's going to bless you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, y'all got my back? Okay, amen. I'm glad we didn't praise the Lord because we're going to need all his praises in this moment. Amen. Amen. Today, we are talking about releasing secrets. Boom, that's how you're going to do it. You're just, you're just going to write out the praise, huh? Write out the praise. We're dealing with releasing secrets and shame. Now, in order to, in order to set the context for this, I'm going to put some statistics out there, uh, and, and I'm going to let you know why I'm going to let you, let you on these statistics, all right? This is not going to be boring, I promise, but I have to set a context. Uh, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. Uh, everybody... Just look around the room. Just look around the room. Look around the room. Look down your row. Look on the other side. Look in the middle. Look on the other side. Just look around, okay? You see children. You see men. You see women. Amen. Amen. You see single people, couples, and, and everything in between. Amen. You see young people, older people. Okay, we've got a nice, nice congregation here. Okay. Um, one in every five children have been molested. So get real, because you're going to start counting how many children are around you. Let's just go further. We're going to hang here. One in six women have been raped. You start counting. Wait a minute. There's a couple of ladies around me. There's more than six women in my... Okay, 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 okay. Let's go further. Seven out of ten men engage in pornography. No, no, don't say amen to that. No, that's not, don't do that. No, don't say amen to that. Amen. No, we don't want to say amen. No, 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 no. We don't, let's just reverse that amen. Let's pull that one back. Let's, no, that's not a good, it's not an amen point. She got her pastor back, though. I know she got her pastor. She's been, Nisha been with me about whole life. Amen. So she got my back. Evil is good. Amen. No, 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 no. Evil not good. Evil not good. Amen. But I'm glad she got my back. Praise the Lord. Let's go further. 78% of people who live a homosexual lifestyle report being molested by the same sex. Keep your praise. You deserve it. 25% of Americans abuse alcohol. Just, just so we can have, just so we have a little bit of context, there's about 325 million people in the U.S. So we can kind of think about that. 30 million Americans abuse recreational and prescribed drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 16 million U.S. adults uh, had at least one major depression episode in 2016, at least one. 
over a myriad of issues. Why are we lifting up these numbers? Because these are the people that said something. Go back to the top and, and, and look through it all again. And we'll, 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 we'll probably just throw these pictures up on our, on our social media. Uh, Sister Danielle, can you make sure that we just, we just circulate these because we want people to see this stuff. Uh, 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 think about all these numbers and just go through them and just look through them and, and, and consider all these numbers as we go throughout this sermon. And these are the people that said something. So imagine what are the actual numbers of the people that have held these things as secrets. Secrets. Secrecy. Let's get into it. Secrecy is a primary weapon used by the enemy to leverage the power of sin in the life of the believer. Listen to this now. Thereby keeping them tethered to the sins that they have already been freed from by the finished work of Jesus. Whom the Son sets free. You got the scripture. Boom. It's free indeed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, anything that's happened to you, anything that you did or anybody did to you, old things are passed away, right? Behold, all things become new. That is the finished work of Jesus Christ. But what the enemy will do is, once God has freed us, he will try to keep us tethered to it by causing us to keep it a secret. Because although sin can't hold us, secrets can. And so we have to deal with this secrecy, right? But now we got to go further. The ammunition that causes the weapon of secrecy to be so potent is shame. Let's, 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 Let's deal with that for a second. Because there's, there, there's, there's normal shame, and, and I'm, I'm going into some uh, uh, psychological talk for a minute. Uh, there, there, there is normal shame, and normal shame is the thing that causes you not to walk out of the house naked every day. And we should all have a little bit of normal shame. Amen? Amen. Because you've seen, you seen, you seen some people, and you've seen them dressed before, you're like, she ain't got no shame. you see some brothers, how they walk, oh, they ain't got no there's normal shame. Normal shame is the thing that causes you to close the door when you go to the restroom. You want nobody to see all that? Huh? <laughs> now you can say amen to that one, okay? Amen. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad my children listened to my sermon. Uh, there, there are certain things that, 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 that we should have a certain level of shame for. But then uh, in, in, in the psychological world, uh, there, there's a thing called toxic shame. Toxic shame. And this is shame that attaches itself to your identity and causes you to see your life through the lenses of that shame. Causes you not to do certain things because of the the impending or the thought of what may happen to you. Shame was the first derivative of the fall that caused and still causes men to see themselves, listen to this, in an ungodly way 
and hides themselves from God. Let's deal with this. I'm proving my point. Before God ever cursed man, before God even dealt with the sin of man, the very act of sin invoked shame upon man. And that shame drove man into secrecy. So that one, man would stop looking at himself the way God created him and start looking at himself through his own inability. And not only would it cause me to not look at myself properly, but it will cause me to also leave or stray away from or hide from God. Y'all don't believe me. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And they were both naked, Adam and Eve, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Not ashamed. Amen. Uh, I'm going to touch this really lightly. I'm going to touch it gingerly, Elder Mo. Just, I'm going to just put my toe in the water and pull it right out, okay? Um, there, there should not be shame, amen, <laughs> between a husband and a wife when they are intimate with one another and they are naked. Amen. That's, we just go, okay, pull it right out. Take the toe out the water. Amen. Because there is a covenant that binds them to one another. And that covenant and that understanding that they have between one another should alleviate the, the, the concept of shame. So while you may not be naked before some people, at least with your husband or your wife, amen, you should be willing to be naked before them and you should not be ashamed. Now, amen, we all got stuff we want to work on. Praise the Lord. Amen, there's always room for improvement. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. There's always room for improvement, but there should be no shame there. Thus was the case between Adam and Eve. Now, fast forward, we know uh, Eve uh, is beguiled by the serpent. She then is uh, uh, arrested by her own desire. She eats of the fruit. She gives it to her husband. He eats as well. He, he, after he eats, then this ensues. Now, now, move forward to Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Now, after he eats, the Bible says that, that once Adam ate, and let me just pause parenthetically and say this, gentlemen, we will ultimately be responsible for what our family does. You just got to understand this. Eve could have ate the whole tree. She could have ate everything on the tree, leaves and bark. And just, just, just in, 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 from my theological uh, underpinning, I believe that the curse would not have ensued. Because man could have usurped his authority and could have dealt with it before God got to it. But because he didn't deal with it, he abdicated his place of dominion, and then God had to step in and deal with it. Here it is, sirs. If you don't deal with your family, God will. Yeah, man. So listen what Adam says. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. What? Where'd that come from? 
I was ashamed I, I, because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, this is before any curse comes down. This is just him and God dialoguing. Why? Because when he sinned, shame was invoked into him and caused him to no longer be unashamed of his nakedness, but now he had a distorted view of his naked body. And many of us, if we be honest, when we sin, we have a distorted view of who we are. And if we be honest, most of us who have, who have a, a, a real relationship with the Holy Ghost, when we mess up, there, there, there is conviction that ensues, but if we're not careful and if we don't manage it properly, that conviction will turn into condemnation. Yes, sir. And we'll be gone from church and we'll disconnect and we'll be out of the will of God simply because of what we imposed on ourselves. But that is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. Let's move forward. In order to be released from secrets, we must first be released from shame. You're struggling. You're trying to figure out why they won't tell you their secrets. Well, because their secrets are guarded by shame. Shame guards secrets. I would tell them, but I'm too ashamed to do so. There are some people that have grown to a level of maturity and that, that have just grown to a level of freedom to where they will tell it all. They, they, now, now here it is. Now, I'm not talking about going all the way on the other side and just, you know, just, just doing absurd things. But what I'm saying is that people, there are some people that are able to live their life set free for real. They've done things wrong. They've made mistakes. They, they've fallen short. But because through the work of the Holy Ghost, they have been alleviated from their shame. Yes, sir. They don't have any problem telling people where they've been. They don't have any problem telling people what they've gone through because they are no longer ashamed of it. So in order for us to become who God has called us to be, we have to first deal with our shame. Amen. People of the Lord said amen. So we have to deal with our shame. Tell somebody, deal with your shame. Deal with your shame. Now, how do we do this? Now, listen, for the, rest, for the remainder of this sermon, I just got scriptures for you, okay? I, I, all I got is the word of the Lord for you. I'm going to give that to you. We're going to exegete it in a proper manner, and, and, and we're going to use these tools to be free. Because I believe somebody is going to get free this week. I believe somebody's going to be lifted up from the shame that they've been, they've been under for many years. Let's go forward. Psalm 34, verse 4 and 5, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Let's deal with that first. I sought the Lord, then he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. When you go through traumatic experiences. Now, all of those things that we dealt with, whether it be molestation, whether it be rape, uh, whether, whether it be molestation by the same sex, whether it be molestation by the opposite sex, uh, whether it be a, 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 any type of addiction, whether it be depression, any of these matters that we suffer with, we have to know that there is freedom in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? But we have to be willing to go to him. Notice what the psalmist says. He says, I, I was in a bad place. I was in a hard place. But here's what I did. I sought the Lord. 
So the first thing you need to do when you're going through these things, when, when these traumatic experiences happen to you, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, you need to seek the Lord. The first person you talk to is the Almighty. Whether it's something you did to yourself or somebody, something somebody did to you, you need to make sure that you are seeking the Lord. Because when you seek the Lord, he's going to give you answers. And if truth be told, many of us who have gone through traumatic experiences, the issue is we are looking for answers to why. Why they did what they did to us. Why did we do what we did? The reality is, is that the only one who can appropriately give answer is the Lord. And when he answers us, notice what he gives uh, in addendum to our answer. He gives us answers, but then he also delivers us from our fears. Now, let's deal with this. Because once I get the answer from God, the answer may cause me to become afraid. You may be terrified by what you hear the Lord say. But even in that, he says, don't worry, because I'm going to deliver you even from the fear that may ensue. But now let's go deeper into the text. It says, for those who look to him, they are radiant. And their faces, wow, are not ashamed. You have to make sure that you seek the face of God. That you stay in the face of God. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, you have access to God. You have forgiveness of sins. And so you need to make sure that no matter what you've gone through, no matter what has happened to you, you need to make sure that you are consistently seeking the face of God. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. Don't stop seeking God. I can't stress this enough. This is not very deep, but I need you to hear this. You have to continue to seek God. I sought the Lord. I looked to him because when I look to God, it says our faces become radiant. Here's what this means. Our faces then become a reflection of his holy light. And when our faces become a reflection of his holy light, there's no more shame in us. It is a return to the place that God intended for us to be all along. Okay, let's, let's, let's go deeper in the text because now we got we to gotta do this heavy lifting. Okay, all right. Let's talk about it. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 25. Write these verses down because you're going to need this. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, betrothed damsel, Betrothal, and, and I'm, I'm praying, you know, I'm, I'm carrying out, we're probably going to end up doing this with, with, with the rest of our children. Uh, uh, may, I may even still do it with Keon. It's not too late. Amen. He's not married yet. Praise the Lord. He may have his eyes on somebody, but we're going to have to fix that. Amen. We're going to have to. <laughs> Betrothal means uh, you, you, have a, you have a daughter, I have a son, and because we are in fellowship together, we do business together, I like your, yeah, I like your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how y'all do things. I like how y'all handle business. So, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to save my daughter for your son. You save your son for my daughter. And when they get of age, we're going to get them married, okay? Because we're trying to keep all the wealth. I need to know what's in my bloodline. I need, I need to protect all of my assets. 
Amen, somebody. Okay, let, let, let crazy folk get your money, the stuff that you leave behind. Amen. I, I need to make sure that, that all that I leave my children, amen, somebody. But then he says, a betrothed damsel, that is a young girl, a prepubescent child. He says, but if a man finds a betrothed damsel in the field, and that man force her, that's rape, and lie with her, then the man, only that lay, and because we are in this present day, we must contextualize that text and make it to understand that it means anybody, man or woman. Because while you may think that it's only men that pedophile children, oh, to the contrary. There's some women out here that are preying on little boys and little girls. He says, if you do so, then that one that lay with her shall die. Now, let's contextualize this. I'm not saying you go get your 45 and you go kill them. While you may feel very much within your right to do so. What the scripture is telling us is that they have now invoked the spirit of death upon themselves. If you're under the sound of my voice and you have done such a thing, you must stop and repent now because the spirit of death is upon your life. And if you don't repent, Death shall be your portion. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Death shall be your portion. And so this is the season where you need to seek healing, deliverance. You need to seek professional help. And most importantly, you need to seek the power of the Holy Ghost. Stop it now. And the amazing thing is, is that many times, it's not people in the park. It's folk in the family. Because we have easy access to them. Folk are a little more vigilant nowadays. You can't just go and grab somebody, kid in the park. But you sleep at uncle's house. Mom and daddy going on a weekend. And leaving you with the godparents. And if the truth be told, many of us who have suffered through molestation, it wasn't by the hand of somebody we did not know. It was by the hand of somebody that we declared family. Don't lose your praise. We need to deal with it. Go further in the text. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. For there is, uh, there is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. Let's deal with that. Hear me, brother, sister, sir, ma'am, you may have been molested. Understand, it wasn't your fault. You did not do anything to deserve that. It takes a sick and twisted individual to look at a child and be aroused. 
Now, yes, my wife and I, we, we, we are very vigilant parents, and so we make sure that, 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 that we put our little girls in things that, you know, that, that, that cover their, their rear, and, and we make sure that, you know, even at a certain time, okay, no, go ahead, you do that. No, you go to the bathroom with them, and no, 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 you do this, do that. But understand, even beyond our vigilance, evil is evil. And you have to know that you didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't do anything to deserve being molested by people in this church. Yep. I did not deserve to be molested by someone who was supposed to be my, my, my God sister. You have to know that it was not your fault. And since it was not your fault, there's no burden for you to have to hide it. There was no burden for you to have to hide it because you didn't do anything. And let me insert this as well. We have to be careful when you hear the word. Here it is. One of the most, one of the most hurtful things you can do to a person who's been molested is to Make them think that you don't believe them. I don't care who the person is to you. Mama, daddy, that's why you need to pray and make sure you're with the right one. And if it comes to you, you better do due diligence when your child makes you aware. I don't care what they're doing for you. You in a church that we're not going to let you be homeless. Amen. Amen. You in a church that knows how to file a police report. Amen. You in a church that knows how to get somebody out your house. Amen. 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 Done it before and I'll do it again. You need to understand it was not your fault. And you may be even young now, or you may be older and you're dealing with the, with, with the residual of this. Husbands, wives, people who are courting, you need to talk to one another about this. Because you'll try to figure out why your wife is not pleasing you like she should. And you're trying to figure, you're trying to think that, oh no, she's just not trying to be a wife. No, she was raped, she was molested, and she, and watch this, her mama didn't believe her because the man was paying all her mama's bills. And so she had to call him daddy. And so now that you in her life, that stuff has not been erased. It was not your fault. Hear me. For as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so is this matter. He says, for those of you who molest a person, it is after you have killed them. Because you have destroyed their mentality concerning a very thing that God created for their benefit. For he who found her in the field and the betrothed damsel cried, hear me when I say this. Moses says, 
He came to her in the field. She cried. But nobody heard her. And to that degree, watch this. If they heard her, they did not do what they needed to do to save her. I'm not going to hang here long any longer, but let, let me just put this in here. Make sure that you are being vigilant with your children. Make sure you are being vigilant with your family. Hmm. My, my, you know, so, so sometimes, sometimes people would, would think us strange. Even when our children, we would, we would let them go to their godparents. I said, how, how, how was everything? Did anybody touch you? Did anybody do anything that made you uncomfortable? Oh, how dare you? No, how dare you? I'm going to check with my children. Amen. And you ought to do the same thing. Family, blood, cousin, relative, whoever. No, no, no shame. I'm just about my responsibility. This ain't got nothing to do with you. This got everything to do with this, this young person that I have to bring into maturation. Notice what Moses says. Moses says they, she was in the field. But nobody heard her cries. How many of you cried? But mama didn't hear your cry. Daddy, daddy, daddy didn't hear your cry. Please hear me when I say this. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. And there is healing available for you. There is deliverance available for you. There is grace and mercy available for you. You do not have to hold those secrets any longer. You do not have to lie in your bed and cry secret tears. Because God knows. But not only does God know, there are people who are willing to help bear your burden. But let's go further in the text. Psalm 51 verse 3, because all of us weren't molested. Some of us were just hard-headed. Some of us, we, we did wrong. Some of us, we, we were the perpetrators. Some of us, we, we, we were the ones that did the evil deed. What must we do? Number one, we must acknowledge our transgressions. This is not the season. This is not the day. This is not the time to act like you have not done anything wrong. And here's the, here's the reality. You can be like that all you want to, but if you get around enough people with discernment, if you get around enough people with the Holy Ghost, we are, we are able to look you in your face and say there's secrets that you need to deal with. You ain't talking. Okay, I know there's something going on, but you ain't saying them, but we're going to get to it. I'm patient. I'm patient. But something underneath your cuticles. There is something there that needs to be dealt with. And I thank God that, 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 that God is beginning to open our eyes and he's beginning to expand some things and he's beginning to, to increase the prophetic grace that we are able to declare something. Hallelujah. I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that this be a prophetic house. If you're walking in here, you got demons and spirits and issues on you. We're not just going to watch this. Amen. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We all good. No, no, no. Be delivered. Be healed. 
be set free. My sin is ever before me. Deal with it. Deal with your sin. Deal with your sin. Deal with your sin. Stop acting like it's not there. Stop acting like it didn't happen. Stop acting like it doesn't exist. Deal with your sin. Notice what he says here. He says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Here it is. God wants you to live in truth. And so it doesn't matter how saved you are. If you're living a lie, you're not pleasing God no matter what you do. Here's something I've learned. You can be anointed and still in error. You can be anointed and still a pedophile. You can be anointed and, and still lascivious. Why? Because the anointing on you is for the people you serve. The anointing in you is for your life. So I'm, I don't care about the anointing that's on your life. I'm more concerned about the anointing that's in your life because it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And too many of us, we allow the anointing to, 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 to bless other people, but will not allow that thing to permeate our soul and change our minds and change our hearts and change us. Y'all praying for me. We're going to be all right. So we have to allow God his desire for truth to emanate from us. And then watch this. And in the hidden parts, thou shalt make me know wisdom. God says, here's my desire. As you confess, as you acknowledge what, you're, what you've done, as you acknowledge where you've been, here's what I'm going to do for you. I am going to put truth in you. And not only am I going to put truth in you, but I'm also going to give you wisdom. This is why some of the most, watch this, some of the most prolific people are those who have gone through hell and came back to tell you, don't go that way. No, I was in the grave. I was that man cutting himself with stones. No, 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 no. I've been possessed. I, I, I've, I've smoked it. I've drank it. I've slept with it. I've ate it. I've cooked it. I've sold it. I know what it means to have man's blood on my hands. But when I submitted myself to God, and I confessed of my sins, and I repented of my sins, and he filled me with his Holy Ghost. There was a change that came in my life. And this is how you know somebody is really changed when, watch this, the power of their change affects change in your life. You got to be careful of folk that you don't feel convicted around. Okay, all right, amen. You got to be careful of folk that ain't got no oil on their life. Come on, Jesus was, was at Zacchaeus' house just having a dinner. And as Jesus was talking, because he was the anointed one, he was the Christos, because he was Emmanuel, Zacchaeus, by the end of the night, was like, Lord, listen, you know what? I didn't did wrong. I didn't quindle people. Listen, I'll give back four times what I need to do, because, uh, you know, this dinner just changed my whole life. I got an issue. If you're supposed to be anointed. But ain't no conviction coming from your life. Here it is. 
once we have engaged with the Lord concerning our shame, we now must break the power of secret through confession. Heavy lifting, come on, we got it. It's okay. We, we have to confess. We have to confess. Why do I got to confess? Why I got to tell somebody? Because watch this. When we talk to the Lord about it, he gives us his grace. He gives us his favor. But the, the longer we keep the secret from humanity, watch this. Humanity has power over us. Tell me this. This is why your whole life is ran by what people think about you. This is why you will change your clothes seven times before you leave because of other folk. This is why, watch this, you will stop liking somebody even though you have no issue with them because somebody else don't like them. This, this is why you will change your body structure. You will, you will, you will become uh, anorexic and bulimic and, and, and you will go to Atlanta and put all kind of foreign stuff in your body. You will, you, you will, you will post a thousand thirst traps and, and on Instagram and you will do everything outside of the word of God just to gain the approval of people. Can I tell you the truth in the church? I don't care. Oh, no. I'm a, listen, listen. I love y'all, and I am concerned about every one of you, but I don't care if you like me or not. As long as I am aligned with the will of God, as long as I'm speaking what thus saith the Lord, as long as I am pleasing to my God, as long as I am honoring my wife, as long as I'm taking care of my kids, I can care less what Nick folk people say about me. And you won't be set free until you release your cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Why don't you care? Because I didn't give them all to him. But you, what they going to say? What they going to do? How many likes I got? How many posts I got? What they going to do? What they going to do? Who? I wonder what they going to say about that. I wonder, I, I love you. I'm concerned about you. But I don't care. It's not that I don't care about you. Watch this. In, 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 in correlation to God's will, I don't care about your opinion. Now, here's why we care so much. Here's why we care so much. Because you ain't even in the will of God. And so you don't even have the fortification of God. To keep you where you are. See, you'll stand where you need to stand and be there all by yourself if you stand in where God told you to stand. But the reason why we care so much, because you all in the shadows and you all are where God didn't tell you to be, and you're trying to figure out. <sighs> Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus, you get so wrapped up in the Holy Ghost that you begin to walk in power and anointing. And if folk got everything to say about you, they scandalize your name. They talk about you. They put their mouth on you. Guess what? You in the company of Jesus. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and say all manner of evil for my sake. 
know people in this church got their mouth on me and I'm going to still bless them. Because the Lord told me to bless and curse not. And so if they cursing me, then clearly they ain't in the will of God. And clearly I need to pray and preach to them till they get delivered. Tell your neighbor, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But we're going to break this. We're going to break this power of secrets. Secrets ain't going to have no power over you. No, 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 no. The devil ain't going to, how in the world the devil going to keep you bound to something God already delivered you from? I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I got delivered from this 10 years ago, and I'm still walking around. Somebody tell me that they want you, somebody to Okay, okay, okay. James chapter 5, verse 16. We're almost done. Confess your faults one to another. <sighs> Confess your faults one to another. Here it is. Talk about it. Talk about it to people that share your faith. Talk about it to people that share your faith. I'm saying this. I'm setting the context because some of you are going to have some covenant conversations this week. Some of you are going to have some deep conversations this week. Sister, I need to talk to you. Brother, I need to talk to you. Now, see, here's, here's the crazy thing. Because, because, because you know, we in leadership, sometimes we got to do things big. And, and my mama can confess to this. Every, every fall I've ever had in my life, I had to come right here and do it. Right, mama? Even, even when the carpet was dead. If I slept with somebody, I had to come. Oh, yeah, it wasn't me, y'all. I, you know, I, if I stole something, y'all, I'm sorry. If I offended somebody right here, y'all, please forgive me. You need to find somebody that you're in covenant with and you need to talk to them. And let me, let me just put this, let me put this out here right now. Leaders, this is why, this is why Peter says, y'all might not run up to want to be the teacher. It's all, all my preachers. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all might not want to run real quick to be the teacher because if you do that, you're going to have to put your business on the table. And your business is going to become, you know, the, the sermon notes for this week. And you're going to have your indiscretions on the screen. <laughs> Here it is. Confess your faults one to another. Now watch this. Here it is. And then pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual and fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Here it is. When we get this information... Our responsibility is to pray for one another. Pray for them. When they, if you're the recipient of this information, if you got to hear this secret, pray for them. And here's something, I've, here's something I've learned. Many times, because the Holy Ghost is so, because the Holy Ghost is so amazing, when he leads you to somebody, that's why you got to follow the Holy Ghost and who you need to talk to. When you follow the Holy Ghost, he will lead you to the person that you need to talk to. And many of the times what I've experienced, the answer on the other side is, me too. I don't know how you're going to handle this, but this is what happened to me. And this is what I went through and this is what I did. And, and I had an abortion at this point in time, and I, and, I, and I did this, and I did that, and I went here, and I went there. And, and instead of receiving condemnation, yes, sir. this is what you're going to get. Me too. And when you acknowledge how God has graced them to live beyond their mistake, you will begin to be strengthened, and it will avail much. 
Now, let, let, me, let me insert something. This not even, this not even on my, this not even on the screen. I didn't even give them this note, but I need you to grab your Bible. Go to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 9 and 10, because I need you to see this. Uh, this is the caveat because some of y'all run your mouth. Amen. Amen. So let me just insert the word of the Lord so you, so you know what's going to happen if you start running your mouth. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 9 and 10. Because we're not just busy start, start, start breaking the chains of secrets and then everybody going to start talking. See, media team, they fast. They fast. Pray for them. They fast. They good. Listen, listen what Proverbs chapter 25, verse 9 says. Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret. Lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. Mess around and break somebody's confidence and tell their business. The word of the Lord says it's going to come back upon you and you will have ill repute. In other words, you'll have a bad reputation that you will never be able to get rid of. Do it if you want to. I stand as a spiritual leader of this house and I declare this word over any person in here who opens their mouth to say somebody else's issue. It better be you, them, and Jesus. And if it's something that needs to be told to the authorities, you better use a skillful use of influence. You need to talk to somebody. Okay, you got a you got a, you got a, you got a date. I'ma drive you. I'ma take you, but you need to let this out. We need to go to the hospital. We need to go to the police station. We need to do what we need to do. Hold them accountable. I, re, I, re, I rebuke every spirit that would want to share this stuff and want to post some post something if you want to. You will live the rest of your life in poverty. I declare it in the name of Jesus. You break somebody's confidence and trust. You will live the rest of your life in poverty. And the only inheritance you will leave for your children is an impoverished mindset. This is how serious God is about the people that he loves. Keep it in confidence. And if you don't have enough confidence in you, deny them the word. No, 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 mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't want to hold that. No, you can't trust me. We're moving. But this is why the leadership in church, watch this. This is why most leaders, they die doing what they do. Most real church leaders, they don't get to retire and go into the sunset. Because there's no confidence among the congregation. And so the senior leader has to bear all these burdens. And the weight of all of those secrets and the weight of all of those issues bear down on him and her to the degree that they will die early. Imagine how many times I've had to sit out in my office and counsel somebody through heart issues. 
when there was somebody sitting right next to him that could have had a discussion with him. But because everything that's going on in their life, they post it on Facebook, they don't trust you. Build confidence among one another. Build confidence among one another. Here it is. This is we, we, we're almost done. Praise the Lord. Look at John chapter, uh, 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Matter of fact, okay. We, we, okay. Amen. Get this scripture. I want you to write this one down. Y'all with me? Are we, are we together? I haven't lost anybody, have I? Okay, this, 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 just write the scripture down. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 through 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 through 25. Okay, I've given the warning, I've given the rebuke, uh, but let, let, me, let me show you what the church is actually supposed to do. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's read verses 20 through 25 quickly. Okay, this is what it says. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. But infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. So here it is. We got to grow up now. We got to understand that this is real life, that people struggle, people go through pain, people go through heartache, people go through issues. Stop acting like this is the first time you ever heard of somebody being raped. Grow up. Get strong. Stop acting like this is the first time somebody didn't cheated on their spouse. This is the first time somebody had been in a, in a drug addiction. So for some, somebody's going through depression. No, 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 no. We're going to be mature about this. We're not going to lose our minds. We're going to be mature. I can handle this. We, we're going to get through this together. I'm affirming you in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you we're going to make it through this. But we're not, we're not going to be evil to one another. Amen? Here it is. It's evil to treat somebody according to their failures. And deny the future that God has created for them. Jesus never treated you according to your failures. He treats you according to the future that he has for you. You got to know that. That's how he treats you. You a seedling right now, but he talks to you like you a tree already. I had some people challenge me when my babies were little. And I would be like, uh, Joey, are you hungry? Now, he's, he's an infant. Are you hungry, Joey? Do you want something to eat? Okay, okay. We're going to give you something to eat now. Come on, let's give you something to eat. I didn't do the Google I'm not hating on anybody that does, but I'm, I know that he's going to be a man. And so while he's a baby now, I got to speak manhood into him. And when somebody comes to you with their issue, don't, watch this, don't regurgitate their issue, speak healing over them. Oh, I understand that's what happened, but you're going to get through this. You're going to come out of this. Let's keep going. Verse 21 says, the law is written by people uh, of strange tongues and by lips of foreigners, I will speak to the people. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are a sight not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sight for unbelievers, but for believers. Verse 23 if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues 
and the outsiders or unbelievers enter, they will not say that you are out of your mind. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or or, or outsiders enter, he is convicted by all, or excuse me, he is convinced by all and, and he is called to account by all. 25, here's where we want to hang our hat. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so filling, excuse me, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Here it is. Listen to this. As we begin to be a church that is filled with the gifts of the Holy Ghost, and we become a church, listen to me, that walks in prophetic grace, when we have gifts and grace, listen, listen, when we have gifts and grace, what's going to happen is that people are going to be convinced that the Lord is here. And notice, look at what verse 25 says. It says, they will now tell their secrets on the altar. And nobody will live in secret. Nobody will live in condemnation because the spirit of the Lord is in that place. Man, somebody shout total deliverance. He says, he says, if we do this, the secrets of hearts will be disclosed and they will fall on their face and they will worship God because they will know that God is really here. This is what God wants for his church, for there to be no secrets among us because we walk in the spirit and we release prophetic grace. And now we live according to his power. I close with this. John chapter 1 verse, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. Listen to this. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hear me. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what has been done to you. I don't care where you've been. Here's why the enemy wants to keep you in secrecy. Because the enemy knows that the moment you let it out your mouth, the faithful God that we serve, he's going to forgive you and he's going to cleanse you. And many of us are living in unforgiveness right now because we refuse to open up our mouth and declare what happened. But in the name of Jesus, as you confess, whether the sins you committed or the sins that you had to struggle with because it was committed against you, when you confess, when you declare it, God in his faithfulness, God in his righteousness is going to forgive you and he's going to cleanse you. And at the end of the scenario, there will be no unrighteousness upon you. How many of you believe that? I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the altar because I feel like with the amount of secrets that are among us, the whole altar would be flooded. 